Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and as always, I am here with my friend, my 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 guy in the chair, Captain Jack. <laughs> guy in the You're chair. The guy in oh, the chair. Man. Yeah, that's right. That's a throwback, dude. You're keeping everything that's going. A deep, that's a deep cut, deep cut to people who don't know yeah, Spider-Man. Do. Yeah. Like the reboot of Spider-Man, right? So, right. I mean, I just saw Spider-Man. <laughs> this will actually we'll we'll talk about it more on our Patreon episodes, which you guys need mm-hmm. to go over and uh, get in on that action. But uh, just saw that uh, new Spider Spider-Verse Spider-Verse movie. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Dope. Really good. good. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I have not. Uh, it's no. it's good. It's good. Yeah. Apparently, they're gonna do a trilogy. Because this one ended on a, a, like, the steepest cliffhanger that you could ever have. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, nothing was resolved. So just <laughs> just, just understand that going in. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. But it was, it was really good. Really good, really good. Um, nice. Jack, before we get to business, because that's what we're about mm-hmm. on this podcast, is getting, getting down <laughs> to business. We have... A little business to conduct. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a new patron. As always, we have mm-hmm. one who has joined the ranks of the reformatory mm-hmm. army. One who has <laughs> decided to accept the invitation to the podluck, and thus is enjoying all the benefits thereunto. And it is time for us, Jack, to fulfill our vow to this individual. Mm-hmm. And hallowed their yes. name throughout the halls of the yes. podcast. They show me. They- <laughs> yes, that's right. Dominus Ultima Sanctus. <laughs> we oh, have man. a Mr. Patrick Edwards. Mm. Patrick oh, yes. Edwards. All right. Oh, yes. So he's been a long time, long time listener. Long time listener. Long time commenter. Long time. Yes. Long time uh, jibber jabber. Right, jibber jabber. All right, 
<laughs> Patrick's been a friend of the podcast for a long time, and uh, yeah. long time listener, first time, first time uh, supporter. Uh, and Patrick has joined the ranks. He has bequeathed upon the podcast his five dollar holla, mm. and his name has been hallowed. Patrick. It has been hallowed, Seth. Hallowed yes. through the halls of this podcast. Patrick, we thank you for your $5 holla. We hope that you enjoy all the benefits that you get on uh, over there on the podluck. And listeners, we ask that maybe you would consider to do the same, to follow Patrick's lead, to follow the lead of so many other amazing people who have supported the Reformatory and are getting exclusive content. Um, I've heard that people enjoy it. So I'm just saying, you know, it's not a must, but it's less than a latte a month. If you think about that, and you're supporting a good cause, and you're actually getting you're getting stuff. Arguably, Jack, arguably, you're getting much more back than a Starbucks latte. I'm just saying. I would like to think that the exclusive content we put out is actually a little bit more enjoyable than the burnt coffee. We would. We would hope, yes. One would hope that. We yeah. would hope this. We would hope this. So, Patrick Edwards, we thank you, sir. Your name has been hallowed through the pod, and we thank you for your support. Jack, my friend, mm-hmm. it is time for the Reformatory yes, Cigar of the Week. What do you have for us today, Captain? Okay. So, this is an interesting selection today. Mm. It is a... I think I might do a series on this. Okay. So this is a... um, This is by a company. It's called a brand called Warped. Oh, yeah. Warped Cigars. Um, I might have to go on my own little Warped tour, if if you know what I mean there. Uh, That's a deep cut. Yeah, That's a deep cut for people who don't... (laughs) 100%. Much like our our sense of humor. Let's put that out there as well. Um, Yeah. Okay. So... This uh, cigar uh, has tobacco in it originally by Aganorsa no. Leaf. Oh, okay. Um, so Aganorsa Leaf has uh, kind of supported um, this kind of uh, tobacco in a sense. So all so a lot of the tobacco people might not know this. I guess this is a little kind of little rabbit hole for you. But like a lot of the tobacco on the market is actually provided by Aganorsa Leaf. Mm. Which is a tobacco maker itself, but they also sell their tobacco to other different companies in order to like blend and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, in any case, so it is called the Cloud Hopper, oh, yes. number fifty three. Um, it is a smaller cigar, um, medium to fuller. Um, it's pretty much a puro Nicaraguan as well, too. Binder, filler, wrapper, everything. Um, the kicker here is the price. Oh boy. The price is anywhere between 650, bro, and about 750. Jack, you're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> doing the Lord's work, baby. That's that that's what makes you the people's so, champ. Jack is the people's oh my champ. Gosh. That is that um, look at that, man. Anyway, um it's a so it's a smaller smoke. So it is um it is so the vitola size mm. is is so much so that you could probably smoke this within like a half an hour to forty five minutes. I would say. All right. Um, it's got some really intriguing um, high points of like gingerbread at sometimes, mm. uh, some chocolate, some sweet spices, 
some some different kind of nuts mixed in there as well too kind of tasting notes so um really good burn really good smoke output um i really have nothing against like people may like knock the whole like budget stick per se sure um but man what you're getting right here it's it's ranked and it it's even been ranked by like cigar aficionado as well too but i mean at that price point uh at those tasting notes and everything like that like you're getting a really good stick so can't yeah beat it jack my friend come going to bat for the people bringing the people what they want as <laughs> always my friend you are you're doing good work we thank you for that review Ladies and yes, gentlemen, sir. whether you heard that here for the first time or not, that is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week, and you know what to do, whether you eat or drink or smoke. Do so to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So today, my friend, we're going to get in trouble. It is yeah, time. we might. Uh, hopefully not. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't okay. think we will. Here's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about the benefits of well, yeah, the pros and cons, <clears throat> if you will, of seminary for someone yeah. who is wanting to either learn more about the Bible or someone who is preparing for a life calling in the ministry. We're going to talk about seminary and whether or not we think it's worth it. And whether or not we think yeah. that you should go to seminary, uh, and whether or not seminary does any amount of good, right? So it's going to yeah, be an interesting, sure. interesting podcast. Um, uh, so we are going to we're going to do our best to cover this as a as a what do you say as um what's the word when like all things are are all, you know unbiased as unbiased as possible yes. because I do I do have opinions on it. Um, yeah, and I will say those opinions have shifted and changed over the years. So why don't we just hop into it? Um, Jack, as you know, I do have seminary training. Okay. So I yes. am coming into this as someone who uh, has some skin in the game. I gave my money. I gave my time. I have also given time to seminary as well, too. Yeah. I may have not finished, but I've given time as well, too. So, well, yes. S- well, see, look. So so we're <laughs> we're coming into this... With knowledge, which I think is important yeah. to say, because I think a lot of guys, especially younger guys, attempt to talk about things like they have knowledge about it, but they don't, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I, I received a seminary degree, um, and uh, this was back in a time when... I believed wholeheartedly that if somebody wanted to be a pastor, and this is probably just kind of where where we'll start, that if somebody wanted to be a pastor, seminary was required. Um, mm. I bought into kind of the mentality of like, well, we expect, you know, we expect doctors to have degrees and they take care of our bodies. We expect, yeah. you know... Uh, mechanics to have certificates and they work on our cars, why would we not expect those who care for our souls to have the same level of schooling, right? And it sounds like an equal one-to-one on the surface. It sounds like a good argument. And it's an argument that I definitely bought into uh, wholeheartedly um, when I was was younger uh, and first first looking to get into ministry. Um, But I don't think that that argument is as sound or 
or one-to-one uh, as it sounds, mm-hmm. simply because of the the uh, the subject matter of what we're dealing with, right? But um, yeah. I can say that there are a lot of there are a lot of motivations for wanting to go into seminary. Some good, some bad, and I know that mine were a mix of both. Um, uh, I did want to learn more. I, I did want to kind of have my horizons expanded a little bit on things that I knew I didn't know. But if I'm going to be completely honest, there was a there was a pride factor when it came to seminary. Um, there was a factor that I I viewed seminary kind of like the kind of the end all be all of theological achievements. That if I can get this, if I can say yeah. that I've done this, if I can say that I put work in for this, um, then I I basically have arrived when it comes to being in ministry, right? Um, and I I viewed seminary as kind of the thing that was going to qualify me to be a pastor that was mm-hmm. going to to basically take me from a nobody and turn me into a pastor and i was going to yeah. i was going to enter into the gates you know a peasant and <laughs> and and return return as a as a as a fully fledged fully ready to go Man of the word, right? Um, mm. And uh, to my surprise, it did not work out that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Jack, I want to throw it over to you because hmm. I don't want to just monopolize the conversation. Um, sure. When, when you think about seminary and maybe some motivations to go in, maybe some good reasons, some bad reasons, maybe why why you took some classes, man, uh, just as a, as a starting point of the convo, where are you at on that? Yeah, I was um, I was a part of a cohort that was uh, somewhat experimental. I would say it was like the first time they were trying it at Western Seminary in Portland, which is a kind of conservative evangelical seminary. Um, and a lot of my classmates uh, at the time were all in ministry. Uh, so was I, and. We we're basically taking all of these courses in order to kind of enrich our our time in ministry as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went from about 2018 to 2020, uh, or 2020, that's yep. right. And then, um, man, I would say, like, there was a lot of good things that I got out of those classes, like a lot of good theology, a lot mm-hmm. of good processing through a lot of different things that that did apply Mm -hmm. um we talked about a lot of different things (laughs) in application towards um towards ministry and so i guess my uh, how i viewed seminary was a little bit different because i was in a cohort with other people that were in ministry that were seeking kind of like this degree path i wouldn't say like your degree kind of makes you um, I think that everybody knew in that sense that this degree path would help them just kind of a little bit better, mm-hmm. a little bit better on their old Testament, a little bit better on their new Testament knowledge, um, to kind of like guide them a little bit better. And so sure. I think my, 
my seminary experience wasn't terrible. I, I think that a lot of the stuff that happened in 2020 kind of led to like me just like not continuing on with that degree path. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me to kind of take a step back and be like, uh, I mean, there was a lot of, I think for everybody, 2020 was just a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and trying to do seminary online and, and also trying to be, um, full time at work, it was just not working out for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and you were, you very... were like in the throes of like in a relationship too. That was like right as you yeah. and Nastia were dating and about to be engaged. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on at that time. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I think that seminary needed to take a back seat to sure. a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't have anything against uh, my seminary experience. Mm-hmm. I think I would say that kind of what you're talking about as far as attitude your attitude going into seminary um is important um but then also to uh just the the ways in which you look at seminary like how do you view it do you view do you view it as this (laughs) this crucible in which you go through it and then suddenly You Ministry know, on the other camp. side, you're this, yeah, you're this, uh, you're this qualified person. I wouldn't say that at all. I would yeah. say that it helped. I mean, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit more further, but I would say that your local church can somewhat provide a seminary experience in a way that's not going to, um, cost you money like actual seminary does, but yeah, um, sure. we can talk that about that a little further. But I mean, sure, my seminary sure. experience wasn't bad; it was good. I appreciated all of my professors and the viewpoints, and especially the people that were with me um, in my classes. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it's the end all be all. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think I think that's an important thing to say is that I think although although my my views and opinions on seminary have shifted dramatically over the years i'm not i'm not against seminary i don't want anybody to think that or to hear me say that i'm against it or that i think it's worthless or that i think people shouldn't do it you know i think seminary there's i think there is great benefit to learning at the feet of those who have basically made a lifetime study of that particular topic right i think we i think there's biblical precedent for that and i think i think that is one of the greatest blessings and benefits of something like seminary is that it's a structured environment to where your job is to learn your job is to be a student your job is to is to take you know take the time and the and the energy to greater understand th- important theological matters and i think that's important i think everyone everyone needs to in one shape and one form everyone should do that right now it looks different for <clears throat> for a lot of people sometimes it looks like seminary sometimes it it looks like you know popping on that that Papa Sproul DVD series and, you know, drinking, yeah. that, drinking deep, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Both, both are really valuable, but, but there is, there is a great benefit to being in an environment where the purpose and structure of that environment is to teach and, mm. and, and that time is set aside for that. Right. Um, so I'm not against seminary, 
I, I think that seminary can be a good fit for some people. Uh, I think it can be a benefit for some people, obviously, depending on the seminary that you go to, because there's some good seminaries out there and there's some really bad seminaries out there. And yeah. even my opinions on <laughs> which are which uh, have those have that's changed over the years as well. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Excuse me. <clears throat> but um, I think what what I really want to drive home just for me personally for the rest of this ep is having a correct motivation and an understanding for what seminary is going to give you, what seminary is going to accomplish and why you should or shouldn't hop into it. Right. Mm. Uh, Obviously there's all the practical stuff, right? There's the time, there's the money, right? Like Jack already said, seminary is not, not cheap, right? Schooling is expensive, right? You got all these guys with their PhDs that want to be paid a certain amount of money and you know, that gets reflected in the, in the tuition. Right. Um, so schools, school's not cheap. So you have to just practically ask yourself, is this something that I can feasibly do? Right. If you're a single guy, it's going to be a lot easier for you than if you have a family, right? Cause you got to provide for your fam. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta help keep food on the table. You got responsibilities at your home with your wife, with your kids. Right. Um, you have to ask yourself, is seminary the wisest thing for me to do? Right. Yep. Or can I, yeah. Can I get what I'm looking for in less, less uh, time consuming and less expensive uh, ways? Right. Um, uh-huh. So that's always a factor that's important to, important to, to, to think about. But Jack, I'm, I'm more worried about the spiritual side of things. Hmm. Okay. Because I have known a lot of guys a lot mm-hmm. of guys who have entered into seminary not qualified to be a pastor yeah <laughs> and have come out of seminary not qualified to being a pastor but yeah. now they think they are sure right and there's this idea floating around that seminary is one of the qualifications of a pastor and that seminary somehow makes you a better pastor, right? Yeah. And that's something that I think needs pushback. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that um, maybe in the maybe in the realm, and this, gosh, this can be done in so many other different ways too other than seminary. Like I appreciate seminary like for what it is and what it gives you. Mm-hmm. Um but some people just don't have that time <laughs> and don't have that kind of money sure. um, and are looking for something that I think in this is kind of interesting because I came out of higher education and we talk about this all the time about experience and in-person versus virtual. And I mean, let's be honest, the the virtual component to things mm-hmm. and how readily available information is today Trump seminary at this point <laughs> to a certain degree. Yeah, um, I, I would say on, I would say that the landscape is shifting for sure. Yeah. So, uh, man, I think that in order for, I think that some seminaries have pipelines because their denominations give them that, mm. um, like the Southern Baptist Convention. I mean, you have what? Ugh, gosh, it's got to be like six or seven of seminaries around the country that are pretty much tailored towards 
different parts of the Southern Baptist Convention sure. to different parts sure. of the country, right? So, I mean, you have that. But then outside of that, you have, I mean, Western is a very uh, kind of outlier as far as seminaries go, too, because it's a, a conservative evangelical seminary, and it's such, it's not based on a denomination, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where you get a lot of interesting conversations like I had in class um, where we would talk about women in ministry or we would talk about um, depending upon, because there was a lot of charismatic people that went uh, to seminary. I don't know if they were necessarily in my class, but I mean, I had people that were very charismatic or I knew of other cohorts that had very charismatic people in them. Yeah. And so you have those dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have kind of like this Catholicity to a certain degree in a seminary, but then you also have maybe seminaries that are more tailored towards denominations. Sure. Like different, like I said, Southern Baptist convention areas of the country. So I don't think honestly it is, I think that seminary is going to start to take an undertaking in which it looks more like Coursera. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Or um I don't know, even like a even like a WGU. I mean, my wife just graduated with her she didn't just graduate, but she just got her masters through WGU yeah. for about a year of taking that time and I looked at her going through that time and I'm like this has got to be the easiest master's degree I've ever seen done. Um, and even seeing like some people's like, like their coursework in doing that. I'm like, hopefully she doesn't okay, listen like, to this app. She's going to be like easy. No, 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 no. Easy. No, 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 no. Excuse she, me. She'll, she'll even back me up on this in, in the okay. case, right. in the case that her, her degree pathway, which is um, curriculum and instruction yeah, 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 in yeah. like education like that's very data driven sure and that's sure. very based upon okay her thesis was based and her experiment kind of was based upon more phonics teaching to kids gotcha gotcha, gotcha. so how does a certain amount of phonics teaching kind of better their trajectory in in comprehension and stuff like that and so okay. that's a different degree path than i would say <laughs> a, a masters or a master's in biblical and theological studies like I did, or even a, um, gosh, what is it? The um, Masters uh, of Divinity. M- masters of Divinity, I would one. say. The flagship. Yeah. The all-hallowed so, degree. Yeah. Only, only <laughs> the most of- <laughs> premium, only the most premium preened and pruned students get that one. Yeah. I would say a master's <laughs> in divinity is way more um, mentally... <clears throat> oh yeah. challenging yeah you know it's then it's huge any other kind of master's degree kind of within a public sector to a certain extent yeah. because you are taking so much time to write to curate uh to look at to then possibly do a thesis statement um to write stuff um because a master's degree you're no longer kind of regurgitating content mm-hmm a master's degree is a point to where you're actually 
I mean, this is in education as well, too. They say this a lot. But a master's degree is no longer you basically regurgitating information and understanding it. A master's degree now is you starting to make your own content. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. And start to make your own thesis statements. And then a PhD is where you're actually curating that statement and you actually got basis on that. Yeah. Making, with different making all the different articles bucks. and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like, like you have to ask yourself, right? And I think this is the important question as we're discussing the, you know, should you go to seminary or not? Is, is what do you, what do you believe seminary is going to do for you? Right. Yeah. Because that that's really what you have to ask. Right. It doesn't it doesn't make you a pastor. Right. We've talked about that. The qualifications for a pastor are very clear. They're in First Timothy and they're in Titus primarily, and those are the qualifications of what makes a good and qualified pastor. Right. A pastor is someone who shepherds. It's not someone who just regurgitates information. We got too many guys out there right now that come out of seminary, frankly, with some pretty big heads. Uh, sure. and a bad hermeneutic and think that because they can they know now how to uh, you know get into the Greek and the Hebrew and they can put a sermon together that it makes them a pastor yeah all right it's it's just I think it's a very sobering truth but it's a necessary truth to say that there are a lot of unqualified men coming out of seminary. And stepping mm-hmm. into churches that they have no business stepping into. Yeah, it's not the seminary's fault. That's yeah. the, that's those individuals' fault that are viewing sure. and utilizing seminary incorrectly, right? So it's important to understand and remember: seminary does not make you a pastor. Seminary doesn't make yeah. you a better pastor. Seminary is not going to. It's not going to give you the everyday shepherding tools mm-hmm. that frankly just like any other any other quote unquote job you y- you learn when you do it right yeah. i mean it, i mean if to to put it in more i guess blue collar terms right anyone who goes through any type of trade electrical plumbing you know you know uh, mechanical whatever it is right you know that you have the things that you learn from the books and the tests and all the things that they make you read, and then it's the things that you learn on the job. Yeah. And everyone, everyone says that you're going to remember and utilize probably 3% of what you learn in these books and everything else that's going to make you a good plumber, a good electrician, a good mechanic, you are learning on the job from more experienced people that show you how to do yeah. it. The exact same thing is true with pastoral ministry or just ministry in general right so you got to understand that going in that yeah seminary is good and it could give you some good tools of how to like put a sermon together and how to you know how to get into the historical context of a passage and you know dig into the original languages to find out the authorial intent and good hermeneutics and all and all you know all of these all this stuff right but at the end of the day, what's going to make you a good pastor is how you shepherd. Yeah. How do you shepherd? How do you care for God's people? How do you come alongside God's people that are struggling, that need comfort, or that need convicting? 
seminary doesn't teach you that. That is something you yeah, have to learn with bruises and scratches on the job. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of classes in seminary that deal with that just are electives, <laughs> right? And deal with what if your um, what if people in your local church uh, have suicidal thoughts? Sure. What if people in your local church are going through X, Y, or Z? Like, yep. there's no electives. Yep. How do you deal I with the, in seminary? How do you deal with the couple <laughs> that just that just you know they just cheated on each other and now they're in your office wanting to wanting to make a go of it? Yeah. You're not pulling just, out. You're not that, pulling out Greek. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not gonna, you, you are not, not doing do that. that. You are not. You're not doing pulling that. out your sis Theo. Um, you know, no. Um, and that's and honestly, like that's. I think that that's where seminary lacks. Yeah, uh, a lot of stuff needed for for ministers in the local church because you just either either somehow. Here's how I think that seminary could be better for the local church as well, too, is if and I think that some seminaries are actually doing this. They're actually focusing on the local church and that's good. Mm -hmm. But also you need to make your curriculum around the issues of the local church as well. Yeah. So just just for instance, like what just what Josh and I just talked about, maybe if you have pastors um, come in and be adjuncts <laughs> and go through classes or maybe go through seminars or something like that that mm-hmm. I, that can actually help out the local church than just giving out kind of and regurgitating information that's academic. That would kind of benefit us in the local church to kind yeah. of look at seminary in a different way. So, but... Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's no, very I- different... It's very different in that sense because most of the classes I took were mostly on how do we look at the passage, which is not Mm. a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to look at the Bible and want to learn more about the Bible and to teach the Bible well. But both Josh and I agree that teaching the Bible is a minute (laughs) part of your ministry if you're an elder in your local church. Yeah, Um, yeah. It it is one aspect, right, right, right? Being an elder isn't just about preaching. Yeah, you know, being a pastor isn't just about isn't just about preaching. Yeah, I mean, if if we want to get into the the meat and the bones of a certain text, you can easily do that within your local church with qualified men, like right now that I do in my Wednesday morning men's Bible studies, in which we go through a lot of the original languages, and mm-hmm. um, most of us have enough language to be dangerous in. But most of that is pulling up a, a blue letter Bible app on sure. on the on the screen there, and then going through the passages and even looking at the minutia of the language and stuff like that. Sure. So, I mean, you can yeah. do a lot of things to replicate seminary in your local church that actually will probably help you out a little bit better because you have time mm-hmm. to go through the minutia of that. But. Well, and I, and Jack, I think I think that's a good place to a good place to wrap up is is just is just what you said that if look, seminary is not a bad thing. If you want to go through seminary and you think that that's going to be a benefit to you, awesome, right? But don't do it separate from the context of the local church. Yeah. All right. Because I because uh, 
you know, often when people, you know, when I have this conversation with people, they ask, well, so, so then like, what's the, what's the alternative then? Right. I have known some of the, some of the most faithful pastors that I know that have ministered to me in ways that I can't even begin to articulate mm-hmm. were not seminary trained. Yeah. They were men who loved God, loved his word, and loved his people. And I would much rather learn from those men than I would someone with a PhD in front of his name. Mm-hmm. Because those under those those men understand what it means to be a pastor, what it means to be a shepherd, what it means to care for and love God's people, right? So the alternative that I think is just as valuable and underrated in our in our culture right now because we have so much emphasis placed on all the degrees and all of the flash and the glamour, right? We've forgotten how Christians have been trained through the centuries, and that's with the Christians that have gone before them. Yeah. I put so much more stock and value now into the training up of men through the local church by the existing elders than I do seminary. That I just do. I think yeah. I think it it creates more competent leaders within the local church when you're learning on the job. When mm-hmm. you're actually learning how to be a pastor by pastors. Right? We have too many guys that are in seminary right now that are coming out with just massive heads. It's stuff full of knowledge and they think that that is that that's what they're going to that's what they're going to need and that's what's going to get them through all of the things that they have to deal with as, you know, in church and it's just not true. Yeah. And I'm talking from someone with ex- with experience in this. Right? I'm th- I'm thankful for some of the tools that I got in school. But I've used maybe 3% of it. Yeah. And that's just a reality. Yeah. Everything else that I have learned about what it means to be a good a, a, a good shepherd has come from watching and learning and asking questions from the other people that have been doing it a lot longer than I have. Yeah. And you learn by experience. You learn what works. Mm-hmm. You learn what, what doesn't. It's just like any other thing. You're going to get bumps. You're going to get scrapes. You're going to get bruises. So if if seminary is something you want to do, you know, look, more power to you. I'm not against it. I think it can be valuable. Just go in with the right mindset. Go in yeah. with the correct expectation and understanding of what seminary is going to do and what seminary is not going to do. Mm-hmm. And above all, do not do it outside of the context of your local church. Yeah. Because it's in your local church that you're going to be able to see, oh, this thing that I'm learning actually has legs, or this thing that I'm learning is actually more intellectual. You know, it it'll it it's it's good to know, but it's not really going to affect practically how I shepherd, right? And you're gonna have you're gonna have both of those things in seminary. Yeah. And working alongside the other elders in your church is going to help you distinguish and see the practicality of what you're learning. Because I'm a firm believer, Jack. If our theology has no practice, it's just, it's useless. Mm-hmm. It'd be better for you not to know that theology than to know that theology and not put it into practice. Because then you're just filling your head up with knowledge. You're going to get puffed up. You're going to get you're going to get prideful. And yeah. unfortunately, that's what seminary does for a lot of guys. 
Um, but the vast majority of those guys that it happens to are doing it outside of the context of their local church. Yeah. And and they're not that that connection isn't happening. That connection has to happen mm-hmm. in order for seminary to actually be beneficial. All right. That's my opinion on it. So yep. go for it, but don't don't view it as more valuable as the training that you will get in your local church. Because it's not. Yeah. The yeah. training that you'll get from those elders in your local church and actually being with your people, that's more valuable than anything a PhD teacher can, can throw at you. Yeah, exactly. So... I think Big Eva has sung, sir. I think she has. I think she has. <laughs> yeah, I think it's time. I think it's time for us to get out of here, Jack. Mm-hmm. I think we've uh, we've sufficiently probably made enough people angry and mad at us. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> let's run away while the running's good. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you appreciate Josh and I's kind of um, opinions and maybe different takes on how to view something in the context of how to put your local church central at something. Uh, you can join us on uh, the different sociables, if you will, to ask us questions, uh, to engage in conversations, to send us DMs, and anything along those lines. Uh, you can follow us at the the Metaverse, That's right. the Facebook. You can follow us at the Instagram, the Instantgram, if you will. Uh, goes well with uh, chocolate and marshmallow. And then you can follow us at the always dumpster fire that is the tweaker, the Twitter, the little bluebird site. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us at all of those sociable sites at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might support us in uh, our endeavors here at the Reformatory as well, too, in That's different ways. That's right. There are a couple ways you can do that. If you are listening on a platform that allows you to rate the podcast, allows you to review the podcast, we ask you to do that because it gets the podcast out to more people, and more people are encouraged to make their local church central in their life, and we all want that. So, mm-hmm. all of you, please review. Give us that little five star for five souls. We'd really appreciate it. You guys can follow the lead of Sir Patrick Edwards. <laughs> and head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash reformatorypod, and join the podluck. That's right. It's where all the exclusive goodness is for a $5 a month. That's it. A $5 hollow. You too could become a Patreon supporter and have your name hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. That is our pledge to you. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the reformatory.